just want to share this morning from the book of Ephesians. If you've got your Bibles um, or, I, you know, or your phones or whatever you look at nowadays. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, just going to read a few verses. Then we're just going to get into the word together. Great to see you. And um, I just want us to kind of really talk a little bit. We started a series a couple of weeks ago um, uh, just about uh, making the most of what you have, we called it. Um, that actually God's called us to be stewards of the things that he puts into our lives, uh, stewards of what he's in, invested in us. Because God's invested uh, his creativity and his love and his power and his life into our lives, and he, he looks for us to use it. He's given us these things, not just to use for ourselves, but to also use for his kingdom and for others in our lives. And so we're just going to unpack some of this over the next few weeks uh, and look at various themes that come out of that. So we're in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. says this, As for you, you were dead. Dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is now at work and those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. It's great, isn't it, that Jesus has been just the expression of the Father's kindness into our lives. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Amen. I want to just pick up that last verse. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's an amazing thing to me that, that the Lord has deposited into our lives faith, that something of God was deposited into us when we came alive. You know, um, uh, faith is a gift from God, and as a gift from God, it then needs to be stewarded and invested in like every other gift from God. I I want us to think a little bit about that because I think when we come to faith, we can just be always trying to work up our own faith and feel under pressure to try and find our own faith. But the truth is God has already put faith within you. That's why you're here this morning. That's why Kelly dedicated a child to the Lord this morning, because faith has come into our life. That's why we worship and lift our hands and sing and declare, because faith has come into us. And the Bible tells us that faith isn't our doing, it's the doing of God, that he's deposited something of him. I don't know about you, but I can remember a day, even after growing up in church all my life, and believing in God, that faith came into my life. (laughs) And I started to believe and trust God personally for my life. And it was something that God deposited in me. Anybody else? remember that feeling. But the truth is what has to happen with that is that it has to be nurtured and developed and grown and stewarded is the word we're using. We have to steward the faith that comes into our lives because we have to manage it and work it and make it happen and make it come through. And so I want to talk a little bit today just about how we steward our faith, making the most of our faith so that God will kind of like, uh, uh, so that we can steward what God's put in us and develop it and grow. Because otherwise what happens is we just leave it dormant and we wonder why we're not feeling full of faith. Hello, anybody been there? 
Because we're not stewarding the gift that God's given us. Listen, if God's given us talents and gifts like we talked about last week, that we have to steward, we have to look after, we have to do something with, that's still true for the faith that God's put in our lives. So that we'd say, yeah, I'm using what God's gifted me and put within me to be useful for him and for his kingdom. And so I want to try and uh, unpack that. You see, because faith is a, a, is a pivotal issue in the life of the kingdom, in the life of a follower of Jesus. The Bible says, Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And it is that confidence in his son that is the foundation of everything we do today. Hello. <laughs> My boys take the mickey out of me nowadays when I get home to go, hello friends. Terrible, isn't it? Your boys have got to the stage to take the mickey out of your preaching. Do you know what I mean? So if I say hello, friends, today, just be gracious. Yeah, just start laughing. It could be worse, couldn't it? It could be a hello, lack of friends. I don't know. I don't know. But I want you to focus on faith anyway. That faith is with the gift of God. Friends, when we became alive in Christ, faith changed everything. We have faith in who God is and what he has done. Can I say, it's not about what he has done for us. It's about what he has done for him. See, God has acted to bring salvation to the world for him. Consequently, it affects our lives, but it's about him and his purpose. And we have to believe in who God is and what he has done. We have faith in the message of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he's brought into the world around us. We have faith in the way that has been opened for us to enter into eternal life. Isn't that an amazing gift this morning? That we have eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What, a, what an amazing thing. This grace has touched us. And it faith causes us to come and lift our hands in the air and say, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to take hold of you today because your faith you've put within me makes me believe I'm a child of God. Hello, friends. Come on, isn't it great? See, sometimes I just think we're all a bit passive and oh, it's a wonderful, beautiful truth that is. Well, if it's a beautiful truth, let our faces understand that. It's an amazing thing. I am a child of God. I can stand and say I'm a child of God. That's a faith statement, friends, because sometimes I don't feel like a child of God. Sometimes I feel like a jolly rotter. And believe me, when I look at you, I feel the same way. <laughs> See, but it's, it's, a, it's a faith thing, isn't it? Sometimes you have to show more faith on a Sunday morning than you do any other time of the week. To believe that God can work in, the, in us with all our troubles, with all our faults, with all our issues, with all our, uh, I don't know, the stuff that we carry in our lives. Actually, friends, I'm a child of God. Come on, it's amazing, isn't it? And faith rises up in us and we begin to believe for what God can do. We have faith that as we respond to him and obey him, then his kingdom gets established on earth. Wow. Friends, I want you to have faith for it. You've got to steward that. You've got to have an expectation for it. You've got to believe that actually through your life, God comes into the, into the lives of people around you and transforms them. Why? Because you've held on to a faith that he's deposited within you. We have faith that he will return and that we will be with him in eternity. Amen. Come on, friends, I don't know about you, but I live more and more for the coming of Jesus. Wow, what an amazing day that will be. Now, I like it on earth, quite frankly, most of the time. But I can't wait till Jesus comes back. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be part of the generation that actually sees him come? Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? I don't know if that's going to be us or not. Friends, I'm not overly bothered. But I just, I tell you what, I don't mind whether I come with him or whether I welcome him. But I believe that Jesus is coming. And there's a faith in my heart for that. That's not just something that I've tried hard to believe. God's put it within me. And so I want to talk, when you get faith for what Jesus is going to do, 
in your life, actually you have to take responsibility for how it works out in you. Because the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Wow. In other words, the things that we do that have no faith in them don't please him. That actually we've got to learn to live with faith in who he is and what he has promised to do in us and through us. And so I want to talk about how we uh, steward our faith in our lives. Because there are all times when we feel strong. Aren't there times when you just have so much faith in your heart for what God wants to do? Oh, God's going to do something wonderful. And you just believe it. And there are other times when actually your faith is bruised and broken. Anybody know that feeling? Where you're saying, I don't, I don't really get it, Lord. We've been through one of those series and, and we are in it now, that season in our lives. Why, Lord? We have to manage our faith in the good and the bad. We have to steward what God's put within us in the good and the bad if we're going to stand and live as the people of God. It's something that we have to give ourselves to and take hold of. And so I just want to suggest a few things that we can do to make the most of the faith that God has put within us. See, I think you need to understand that your faith is not your faith, it's his faith. And so you have to take responsibility for it. Because if it's just your faith, you can have a day when you don't really care. Hello? Oh, I can't be bothered believing God today for anything. I'm not going to trust him. I'm not going to, because it's your faith. But you see, when you understand that your faith is a gift from him, you use it differently, don't you? Have you ever had a gift you don't want? Somebody gave us a teapot once, you know. It was just horrible. I hope they never listen to this message. And it was so horrible, and it dripped everywhere. I mean, it was huge. It was, like, massive. And every time we made tea in it, it, it ended up more tea on the carpet than anywhere else. But we couldn't really throw it out because it was a gift. So you know what we did? I got a friend to throw it in the yard and smash it. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? I didn't repent. I was glad to be rid of it, to be honest. See, we don't always like gifts, but listen, friends, when you get a gift from the Lord, that when something changed in you, because I remember the day it happened to me when I went from just being brought up in a Christian home and having an awareness of God to having faith that Jesus died for me, it changed everything. Has it changed you, friends? It changes everything, doesn't it? It puts a different spirit in you. It puts a different focus in you. It puts a different purpose in you. Because if Jesus be God and died for me, then everything changes. If Jesus is just a good character in history who said some nice things, friends, it's not worth a jot because there's plenty of them. But if Jesus is Christ and died on the cross for me, then man alive, we're into it, aren't we? And that's who I believe in today. I believe in Jesus Christ who died on a cross for me, who gave himself for me and who rose from the dead and came back to life and is now securing for me an eternal place in heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, church. That's what we're holding on to today. We're not holding on to anything else. My hope is not built on anything else apart from Jesus Christ. And so I want to talk about how we make the most of our faith today, friends. Firstly, we have to build faith into our life. We have to build it in. Jude says this, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of Jesus Christ to be revealed. Listen, he's writing to uh, believers in real persecution who have been scattered, who have been pressurized, who are, who are facing all kinds of uh, setbacks for their belief in God. And he says to them, build faith into your life. 
Build it. Make sure it's part of what you do. And friends, we need to recognize that in our lives and in this world, when everything comes and goes, when nothing seems to be really stable anymore, when everything's seasons are changing just moment by moment, and we're looking around going, I don't know what's going on. Friends, we have to say, actually, I'm taking responsibility to build this faith in my life into something substantial. I'm going to build it up. I'm going to work at it. I'm going to craft it. I'm going to hone it. I'm going to keep working with what God's put within me. Because God wants to see the seed of his faith grow in your life. See, Jesus told a parable about the sower, and he talked about the seed being the word of God. And it fell into different kinds of soil, and uh, someone's hard-heartedness, a hard place, and and the birds of the air pecked it away. Here's the truth, friends. Sometimes the faith that God's deposited in you gets pecked at because you haven't allowed it to sink into your life. Hello. Sometimes just the position you're in, the attitude that you're carrying, the experiences that have framed your world means that God's speaking, but you can't hear it because you won't change your heart. Hello. And so we need to come to that place where we're saying, yes, Lord, I'm going to build faith. I'm going to allow your word to speak. I love it when it talks about it. Jesus talking about it in the uh, chapter in the book of Luke. I'm getting excited today. Calm down, Dave. The seed on good. Yeah, yeah. Don't wind me up anymore, honestly. Uh, I've had one of those double-shot espresso drinks this morning. I'm flying, do you know what I mean? The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, listen, who hear the word, retain it, and by perseverance produce a crop. You see, the crop comes because you hear the word and retain it in your life. You build it in. You allow what God has to say to you to become something that gives you strength for the challenges of life. And so many times the seed comes and it bounces on the hard soil of our hearts and it cannot penetrate because we will not welcome the word of God into our lives. I'm not preaching at you today. I'm preaching at the person beside you. Just remember that, okay? And all of a sudden, we don't build ourselves up. We don't keep working. You see, I, I don't know about you, but when you see a building, you know, uh, the first, you know, we, we, I lived in a house, and they built a whole big um, place beside us. And so every day, in fact, it was, it, was, it was a posh house in Cheltenham, and the bathroom had, it was so posh, it didn't look over anything. I don't know if I've told you the story before. So you could sit on the loo, and the window was clear, and you could just see down the valley. And then one day, I, I sat on the loo, and there was a builder just outside, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, okay, I need, a, I need a curtain on this window pretty quickly. Just a lovely mental image I wanted to share with you before we pressed on. But my point was, is that they were building a house. And it started with just rubble. And then it started with a hole. And then it started with foundations. And then it started with the, uh, the foundation bricks being put down. And then they built on it. And it took a whole heap of time for them to build this beautiful house that I could never afford to live in. Because I was renting the one next door. But when it was finished, it was amazing. But they built it day by day, week by week, month by month. Whatever happened, they turned up and had to build on the site. Friends, that's how we build faith into our lives. See, some of us, if we're honest, we want faith to come as a divine impartation, don't we? If I could stand up here and say, line up afterwards, I'm going to impart faith. Can't fail. I'm going to pray on you. Your faith's going to go to 100%. You'd all be out here at the end, wouldn't you? Pray on me, Dave. Bye. But God says, build faith into your life. 
by how you receive his word, by how you think about his word, by how you allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in you. Allow that grace of God, allow faith to be restored and built in you. We kind of uh, uh, talked a little bit about it last week. Um, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude and uh, hearts. When we sang this song, The Splendor of a King, robed in majesty, and, and something starts to rise within us. What is it, friends? It's faith. Because we start to declare, actually, this is the truth. This is what I believe. And it starts to rise in our hearts and in our spirits. And whether you like the song or not, actually, the words begin to say something over your life. And you begin to say, you know what? I believe in God. And it, and it confounds the wise. Because it's something that comes spiritually into your life and into your circumstances that brings transformation in you. You need to steward what God wants to speak to you today. I tell you, friends, there is a word of faith for where you are today. There is a word of encouragement to the weary. There is a word of hope to the distressed. There is a word of peace to those who are burdened. There is a word of purpose to those who are living without it. But we have to build his word into our lives and allow what he has to say to us to dwell in us richly to transform the pattern of our thinking. And about you, but I, I, <laughs> it was a great word last week from Dave um, Newton upon, um, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. Whatever you do, represent the Lord and give thanks, you know. And I had a pretty good week with that, I think until Friday. Do you know what I mean? When I was driving the car and uh, there was a person in front of me who I think must have been a vegetable, really. I mean, that's all I can say. And, and, you know, I was late. I was trying to get somewhere. And, you know, I was doing really well. And, but I ended, up, I ended up just sitting in the car just like fuming, you know. And the sermon came back to me. And you know why it came back to me? Because I saw someone from church just sitting on the side of the road. I'm just thinking, uh, have they seen me just get really frustrated in the car? You know how it goes. Why? Because you don't allow the word to dwell in you richly. They're the challenges of life, aren't they? They're not all massive challenges, are they? They're small challenges. But they affect your faith, friends. Because they affect what you allow the word to do within you and to challenge you. And when I got home, I thought the Lord say, yeah, whatever you do, represent me and give thanks. And I said, but you did not see how slow that bloke was going in the car, Lord. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, give thanks, Dave. Okay, Lord. It's hard, isn't it, sometimes? We, don't ever notice we get so upset about small things. Sometimes it's most stupid things that upset us, that rob us of the faith that God's put in us. So we've got to steward that. We've got to build our lives up. And sometimes we just have to find ways that we can do that. And, and, and it says, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I want to say to you, friends, I don't know whether you've got a great voice or not, but singing is one of the most powerful ways you can build yourself up. You know, that you could hear yourself confess praise of God. You know, put on an album if your voice is that bad. If your voice makes you cry, then listen to someone else sing. But, you know, just to have that freedom to sing, Say, yes, Lord, I'm going to sing. I'm going to just speak over words over my life um, and just teach myself. So first one is build. Second one, funnily enough, is speak faith over your life. Good news is coming. I love that little poster. Don't you think we need to speak some faith over our lives? Because so often we get lack of faith spoken over our lives from all kinds of sources. Now, I know it's tough, friends, but honestly, I think we need to start to declare, actually, good news is here. <laughs> you know what? God can do all these things in me. 
God can work in me. Oh, I know. Here's a thousand reasons why God can't use me. Friends, I'm not interested in the thousand reasons why God can't. I'm interested in the one reason why God can. Because you only need one. You only need to speak one. You only need to say, remind yourselves, actually, the Lord my God is with me. He is mighty to save. Come on, that's all right, isn't it? I'm going to speak it over my life. And so sometimes, friends, I don't know about you, but I think if we're going to build faith into our lives, we start to have to speak it out. Because actually what happens, and friends, it's a cultural thing, I think. Have you noticed British people like to grumble? We like, we like to grumble, don't we? How you doing? Oh. It's a lovely day, isn't it? It's too hot. It's just a grumbling thing. We speak over our lives such, such stuff that's contrary to faith. Now, I'm not saying we all have to stand and just go ridiculous and make comments that aren't, uh, that aren't actually true. But actually, I do think we should make comments that are filled with faith and what God can do. Not fear about what li- life brings. Friends, I understand it's a, it's a fine line because we live with, we live with uh, tension of, of success and failure. We live with life and death. We live with all kinds of situations that, that can come into our lives. But surely somewhere along the line, we have to start to speak out. I believe that God's hand's upon my life, and therefore I'm going to trust him no matter what. That's what I'm declaring. Paul says in Timothy, I, I convinced in whom I have believed that I'm going to entrust myself to him. No matter what happens. He said it, friends, from prison. Paul said, I, I've learned what it is to be content. I, I've experienced plenty and have experienced hardship. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. What was his declaration? Was his declaration that he was never going to have a hardship? No, it wasn't. That's not true, is it, in life? So let's not make that declaration, but let's make the declaration, even if I have hardship, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to speak faith over my life. I'm going to speak the truth of what God has said to me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God has a plan and a purpose in, in my life and through my life that's bigger than me and he will be honored. Friends, it's the language of faith that we have to speak. What's your language like? I, I was texting somebody this week, and I texted the wrong person. <laughs> and I hadn't said anything bad in the email, but they texted back saying, good job you didn't swear, isn't it? And I thought, yeah, it was. That's not true. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. See, you can, you can say, see, see, you can speak stuff over your life and other people's life that is just not faith. I want to say to you, if you want to steward the faith that God has given you, then somewhere along the line, you have to start to speak faith. And we can't say, hey, I know what this is going to be. But we can say, hey, no matter what happens, I know that God's with me. That's faith. We can't say this is all going to work out the way we want it to. But we can say, actually, with my God, I can come against the wall. I can overcome a troop. I love it when David came out to hear just challenge uh, Goliath the Philistine and he just said to him am I a dog that you come against me with uh, stones and the Lord uh, and David just looks at him you know he's eight and a half feet tall this guy and he just looks at me says I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts and today I'm going to cut your head off and we're going to chase you out of the valley come on friends that's a good word isn't it now inside I'm thinking he was thinking please Lord let this work Come on, he's just honest, isn't he? 
But inside, he's speaking to himself. Come on. See, sometimes, church, we have to, if we're going to steward faith in our lives, you have to say, I'm going to speak faith over my life. Because if you speak doubt, see, most, most of us will speak doubt before we speak faith. And so we have to change that. We have to start to learn that. We have to start to retract our words. My mom used to say to me, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything. I think that's a good thing for many of us. In the, in the spirit realm, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything. Start to listen to some song and allow the spirit of God to rise up in you to release faith within you. Because actually we want to become what God's called us to be and do what God's called us to do. I love the story of the 12 spies sent into Canaan. It says they came back and, uh, and they said, well, you know, it's an amazing place, but there's so many obstacles we can never take it. Ten of them said, it says, and ten of them spread a bad report. And those ten cost the whole nation their destiny at that time. Everybody who was an adult didn't enter the land because they, they spoke, somebody spoke unbelief. And Joshua and Caleb were going, we can certainly do it. God is with us. Let's speak faith. But nobody listened because they, they listened to the ten who spoke negatively. I want to say, friends, sometimes we have to find, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself speaking negatively over my life and over other people's lives. And I feel the Lord say to me, come on, Dave, where's the faith here? And I want to come up with all kinds of reasons. And I have to say, Lord, I have to trust you in this situation. Lord, I'm going to speak faith about who you are and what you can do rather than what the restraints of my life are over. I'm not saying that's easy, friends, but I'm saying it's a critical thing that we have to learn as followers of Christ. Number three, we have to exercise faith in our lives. There's a great picture, some blood jumping over a... It was me when I was younger. Exercise faith. You know, the truth is, if we're going to steward faith in our life, we have to learn to exercise it. In other words, we have to say, I'm going to do something positive with it. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to exercise it. I'm going to put it to work. I'm going to believe God for something in my life and in my situation. It doesn't matter really what that is. It just matters that we start to believe God to do something in us and through us in the context of the lives that we live. It doesn't have to be a massive thing. It just has to be, yes, Lord, I want to trust you to, to, to do something in me. And so as we exercise the gift, it begins to grow. James says this, uh, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac. You see his faith and his actions working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. Wow. See, that's one of the challenges to us is to make our faith complete by what we did. See, um, uh, Martin Luther said this, there are three, um, uh, three experiences of conversion. The first one is the, the heart. The second one in the mind. The third one is your wallet. <laughs> I love that. Because the truth is, it takes some faith to honor God with your finances. That, that's a faith issue right there. It's not about being generous, really. It's just about actually, I recognize God's the owner of all things, so therefore he owns what I have, so I'll give it back to him. It's, it's, it's an issue of faith. And, and I just love that because actually faith affects every aspect of our lives. We have to exercise it. Sometimes you're going to have to take a small step, a small act of kindness that his name. Jesus said, anybody who gives a cup of water to someone in my name will gain his reward. Why? Because it's in my name you're doing it. It's a faith thing. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you do it in faith. You exercise it. So my question today is, what are you doing with the faith that God's given you? How do you exercise it in your daily life? How do you exercise it in your life as a follower of Jesus? 
Because Romans says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, use it in accordance with your faith. He says, actually, there's a deposit in you that God's given you. How are you manufacturing and building it so that actually you're doing something with what God's given you? See, if we don't exercise faith and take steps of faith, then actually when the challenges of life come, we find we have no resource of faith to draw upon. Because the seed, it's still in seed form rather than growing. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? And so therefore we have to say, come on, Lord, I, I need to put this to work. Because when you put it to work, actually the Lord has an, in, uh, an opportunity to increase what you're doing. Increase the influence of it. Increase the, the sphere of it. I'm not just talking about uh, he's going to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. Because if that was true, I wouldn't be standing here today, would I, Johnny? But, but uh, it's like, uh, it, it's about trusting God for believing that he can use what you give him and increase it for his kingdom. Exercising gifts within the purposes that God has for you. Listen, we become religious if we don't exercise faith. Because it all becomes about the routine of faith, not the life of faith. Well, I do this, I go here, I, I, I read my Bible.